Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. You know, let's clean out the underbrush. Let's start this way. You woke up this morning to a breathless report that 375 former federal prosecutors, give or take, had signed a letter. And these prosecutors said that based on what Robert Mueller wrote in his report, that in fact they would have charged the President of the United States. Because Mueller lays out a case of criminal activity. Isn't that interesting, ladies and gentlemen? Just like we had psychiatrists and psychologists come forward and tell us that the President of the United States was mentally unstable and was incapable of serving as President of the United States. Remember that one? Now, just to give you a sense for what we're talking about, there are approximately 350 active federal prosecutors in one district, the Southern District of New York. It's the largest, but that gives you some sense of how puny 375 former federal prosecutors really is. There are tens of thousands of former federal prosecutors. There are thousands of federal prosecutors today. Thousands. So they managed to cobble together almost 400. And they put this letter together. And this is what we mean by a pseudo event turned into news. Another letter. Which has no consequence in and of itself whatsoever. None. They're former federal prosecutors. They're not involved in the collusion case. The collusion case has been resolved. So why are they writing a letter? Why? Because these former federal prosecutors are liberals or never Trumpers or what have you, whatever their individual peaks, and they're trying to pile on to push for impeachment. So it is a purely political act. Purely political act. And the news runs with it because the news wants to run with it. And those former federal prosecutors know it. That's why they prepared the letter. Now let's deal with this obstruction issue again. I try to attack it in different ways. It's amazing to me that when you have a special counsel's office and extremely hostile prosecutors in that office, With the president properly, in my view, lambasting them over a period of two years. A federal prosecutor's office in the special counsel that should have, early on, closed shop, indicating there was no collusion, 
conspiracy or what have you, really wanted to get Trump, but was unable to, that that office wouldn't have written another letter, this time to the Attorney General, during the course of their investigation, and said, you know what, Mr. Attorney General, we understand these two memos are out there from the Office of Legal Counsel saying you can't sit in, uh, uh, indict a sitting president, but we disagree We believe you can indict a sitting president, and we want your approval to indict a sitting president for obstruction. Now, isn't it interesting that letter was never written? That letter was never written. That letter was never written because they would have failed on the merits. Because these former federal prosecutors are not particularly bright. I'm not saying they aren't book smart, but they're not particularly bright. I read to you the U.S. Supreme Court decision in the Arthur Anderson case versus United States from 2005. 9-0 decision. The meat of the decision is probably five or six pages long. The entire decision is 12 pages when you count the signature page and when you count the cover page. And what you needed for obstruction, and they made this abundantly clear, and interestingly enough, Mr. Weissman, the number two in the special counsel's office who destroyed Arthur Anderson, destroyed 80,000 jobs. What you need, the Supreme Court said, is to read the damn statute. And when they read the damn statute, they said, you need a knowing intention, not just a specific intent, a knowing specific intent to have a corrupt slash or criminal purpose. So when the President of the United States says to his White House counsel, you know, I want you to have uh, the Justice Department fire Mueller because he's conflicted. Look at the staff he hired. They're all leftists. They're all Democrats and so forth. And by the way, the President denies having said this. But let's play along. Let's say he did. That's not a corrupt intent. That's not a knowing specific intent to derail an investigation. Or to obstruct justice. That's an intent to fire the special counsel. Who the president believes is conflicted. It doesn't mean that the investigation is ended. It doesn't mean there won't be another special counsel appointed. Much like Comey, a new FBI director. There is simply no obstruction of justice as a matter of federal law. As a matter of Supreme Court precedent. Recent precedent in 2005. Which Mr. Weissman is well aware of since he got kicked in the ass in a 9-0 decision. And why aren't the media aware of this? It's a published opinion. How about these former federal prosecutors? Are they simply low IQ or are they spinning? How about these members of Congress? They all know or should know or can know. The elements of obstruction, and they simply do not exist here. They simply do not exist here. This president knows how to fire people. Remember when he ran that show, The Apprentice? You're fired? He knows how to fire people. Call them into your office and fire them, or you just call them on the phone and you fire them. He doesn't need to go through McGain. He doesn't need to go through anybody. He is the executive branch. And then there's the constitutional issue. But apparently we don't believe in that anymore. The constitutional issue is you won't find the special counsel in the Constitution. 
You won't find the attorney general in the Constitution. You won't find the Department of Justice in the Constitution. You will find the office of the president and the presidency in the Constitution. He is the executive branch. It's a unitary branch of government. And if he wants to fire a subordinate, an inferior employee, he is free to do so. He cannot be charged with obstruction of justice as a constitutional matter. Impeachment exists. Should the body politic be enraged? Should Congress be enraged? But as a criminal justice matter, whether you look at Supreme Court precedent or the Constitution or the president's actual actions, there is no obstruction of justice. There is no case for an obstruction of justice. And I don't care how many moronic former federal prosecutors abuse their prior offices, expose their political partiality, and write letters. That's not news to me. Now, Mr. Mueller, what he's done here is he set all this up. He set all this in motion. He had no case for obstruction. He certainly had no case for collusion. And now we're to, wow, there's no such thing as collusion. Really? I think we've talked about that for two years. The Democrats said collusion. The media said collusion. You and I were just addressing them. We know it means corroboration or conspiracy. And so Mr. Mueller is appointed based on a violation of a federal regulation. Mr. Mueller's appointed even though there is simply no criminal predicate. There's no criminal statute in play. There's no alleged criminal violation. Nothing. And yet he's appointed. Mr. Mueller, under existing federal regulation, was supposed to issue a report to the Attorney General explaining why he did or did not charge somebody. Not a magnus opus, not a war and peace, not a document clearly written for the Democrats in the House of Representatives. That's not his job. These former federal prosecutors should be condemning Mueller. And before we get a little too far afield here, since when did federal prosecutors, no offense, become judges? They are but one part in a criminal justice system. They're advocates. That's all they are. They're no more noble than defense counsel. They're no more noble than jurors. They're no more noble than a judge. But they have a different job than a judge and a juror and defense counsel. A different job. And because they had no obstruction case, because there was no corroboration and conspiracy, a.k.a. collusion. Because they didn't have a chance charging the President of the United States for multiple reasons. They did the absolute worst thing they could do. They wrote at length in a report that they knew would go to the media, that they knew would go to the public, that they knew would go to the Democrats and the House Judiciary Committee. 
They wrote at length about something that they knew would create a firestorm. Their goal wasn't to seek justice. Their goal wasn't to seek truth. Their goal was to destroy the President of the United States. That's why Mueller hired whom he hired. That's why Mueller conducted himself the way he did. That's why his office has leaked like a sieve right up to the end. That's why he was so worried about the public narrative and the context and the nuances. Poor Robert Mueller and his reputation. These prosecutors in the special counsel's office, Mr. Mueller, these clowns who signed this letter have done enormous damage to the rule of law and the system of justice. They've done enormous damage to our constitutional system. Look at those names in that letter. And then you know you have a list of disgraceful, dishonorable people. And I feel sorry for any defendant who faced any of these former federal prosecutors. Like any other walk of life, they're outstanding federal prosecutors and then they're low lives. Same with judges, same with electricians, same with plumbers, same with whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, many of our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But sadly, many have lost their way. Locked in the grip of political correctness, they no longer allow free and open discourse and instead peddle their moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, there's Hillsdale College. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. And as Hillsdale enters its 175th year, their goal is simple and yet profound to help students understand what is noblest and best in yourself and the world. Hillsdale College's liberal arts education and vibrant campus community helps students form a foundation for the rest of their lives, a truly life-defining experience. So if you're looking for a college that prizes learning and values intellectual enthusiasm, where everyone shares a strong sense of meaning and purpose, welcome to Hillsdale College. Please visit hillsdale.edu slash admissions to plan a visit and learn more. That's hillsdale.edu slash admissions. I want you to look what's taking place in the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is an anti-American party. It's an anti-Constitution party. It embraces the ideology of foreign governments and foreign philosophers, modern philosophers. And they are in constant war with our constitutional system. Give you some examples. Cory Booker, among others, wants to remove your weapons. Wants to remove your weapons. The Second Amendment is to be read out of the Constitution. Well, if the Second Amendment is not to be revered, if the Second Amendment's not to be honored, if the Second Amendment's not to be enforced, then why should the others be? And if the Constitution's not to be enforced, why should judicial rulings be enforced? 
lawlessness gets lawlessness. So Cory Booker, among others, is running on a platform that is anti-Constitution and violates the law. And people cheer him. Look at this so-called National Popular Vote Initiative, the purpose of which is to change the Constitution from an electoral college to a direct vote without ever amending the Constitution. Empowering blue states and more specifically empowering 10 metropolitan blue areas which would control the entire United States. A complete rejection of our founding. Look at what states like California, New Jersey, others are trying to do. They are passing bills in one house or the other in their states and perhaps they'll sign them in which they're arguing that you, as a presidential candidate, you either submit your tax returns or you're not on our ballots. And yet, as we've talked about here, the qualifications for running for federal office, president, vice president, Senate, House, they're not set by the states. The qualifications are set by the federal constitution. Can you show me where in the Constitution it says that among the qualifications to run for president, you must reveal your tax returns? Of course not. There were no such things as tax returns back then. But this is just another assault on the constitutional order as well as this president. Separation of powers. Nancy Pelosi has met with her lieutenants her consigliaries, the chairman of these committee, who must honor her or they will be removed. Nadler, Schiff, Cummings, Waxman, and uh, other miscreants and malcontents. They are issuing subpoenas left and right for information they don't have a right to. They're about to hold an individual in contempt, an honorable man, the Attorney General, for complying with federal law that they also passed about grand jury secret information, 6E information. He's not free to release it. They're demanding that he release it. They're demanding that if he doesn't violate the law, they'll hold him in contempt. They're demanding that private banks, that an accounting firm, that other financial institutions, that have done business with or are doing business with the President of the United States or members of his family. That they provide all such information and more to the United States Congress. Or that's obstruction of justice and a condition for impeachment. When in fact they are destroying and degrading our constitutional system. I'll be right back. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course. Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness 
and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Liberty's Voice, Mark Levin. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. So this battle, ladies and gentlemen, is a battle over the republic. The Democrats have no right to grand jury information. And they're going to hold an innocent man, the Attorney General of the United States, in contempt. I mean, this is really a Soviet-style activity here. Mr. Mueller should never have been appointed. His appointment violated the regulation for special counsel, but he was appointed. Mr. Mueller should have never written the report that he wrote under the existing regulation. A report that was to go to the Attorney General. But he did. He wrote it for impeachment purposes. These House committees led by these chairmen, these radical left-wing Democrats from dark blue areas of the country, their subpoenas, for the most part, are illegitimate. In fact, they violate separation of powers. You've got movements in place within the Democrat Party to eliminate the Electoral College. In place, mobocracy. You've got movements within the Democrat Party to misuse the Emoluments Clause, and they found an Obama judge to do just that. The Emoluments Clause that they never even thought of before simply means a public official in the federal government is not free to take titles of other governments, foreign governments, nor pay from foreign governments. President of the United States owns a number of hotels and resorts. And the fact that foreign officials stay there is not a violation of the Emoluments Clause. It's so absurd. This same Democrat Party wants to excise the Second Amendment out of the Constitution. This same Democrat Party does not believe in due process, unless you're one of them. This same Democrat Party doesn't believe in presumption of innocence. Unless you're one of them. The same Democrat Party doesn't believe in national sovereignty and securing our southern border. Because it inures to their benefit and the benefit of that party. That millions and millions of people from the rest of the world come into this country. And eventually their offspring register as Democrats. Party first, second and third. These Democrat oversight committees have a red line beyond which they will not go. And that red line involves actual Russian involvement in our campaign using the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC, using the top echelon of the FBI, the top echelon of our intelligence agencies, the top echelon of the Department of Justice. That's the straw men through which Russia operated. There's no other conclusion. Our federal courts, that is our FISA court, they don't even have the self-respect. They don't even have the self-respect 
to call evidentiary hearings and determine the extent to which they were deceived when they issued a warrant not once but four times directed at an innocent American citizen and ultimately the Trump campaign. All of a sudden, judges who don't shut the hell up at the bench are busy ordering things and bullying people. All of a sudden, silence. All of a sudden, they don't have the tools to act. Isn't that amazing? That's why we need to abolish the FISA courts. That's why we need to reform the FBI. Not the men and women of the FBI. We need to make sure that the top echelon of the FBI cannot interfere again with a presidential election. Cannot put spies in a presidential election. Cannot use opposition research paid by the Clinton campaign with the Russians against an opposition candidate and campaign. Cannot leak to a very receptive media that seeks to join them in their police state tactics. We need to get to the bottom of all of it. (coughs) Excuse me. And isn't it interesting? How many subpoenas has Mr. Nadler issued to the Hillary Clinton campaign? None. How many subpoenas has Mr. Nadler issued to the DNC? None. How many subpoenas has Mr. Nadler issued to the FISA courts while we're at it? None. How many subpoenas has Mr. Nadler issued to the top echelon of the FBI? None. How many subpoenas has Mr. Nadler issued to our intelligence agencies to determine the extent of their leaks and their interference in the last election? None. How many subpoenas has Mr. Nadler issued for the Clinton bank accounts? None. How many subpoenas has Mr. Nadler issued for the tax returns of the Clintons? None. How about Chelsea Clinton? None. That just shows you what's taking place, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Your constitution's under attack by the Democrat Party. The nation's sovereignty's under attack by the Democrat Party. The rule of law is under attack by the Democrat Party. Your president's under attack by the Democrat Party. And by the Democrat Party, I also mean the Democratic Party press. Can you show me in any significant way, in any profound way, the aggregate gaggle of so-called journalists and newsrooms differ from the main positions and principles of the Democratic Party? No, you can't. Whether it's climate change or the Second Amendment, whether it's immigration or what have you, health care, there's not a dime's worth of difference between the Democratic Party and the Democratic Party press. Period. And there's a reason for that. They all embrace the progressive ideology. You can see the long list of Democrats who served in the Obama and Clinton administrations now working in the media. And I provide them an unfreedom of the press. 
You can see the long list of family members from members of the media who worked in the Obama administration. And I provide them an unfreedom of the press. You can see who the ideological idols of the modern day journalists are. I provide their names and their and their writings in unfreedom of the press. Oh, and one other thing. You can see the Democratic Party press and the Democratic Party and their embracement of anti-Semitism and race baiting to a point at which I haven't seen in my lifetime. Have you? Have you? This is why they do not criticize Bernie Sanders in the way he should be criticized. This is why they come to the Affirmative defense of Representative Omar, Ilian Omar. This is why they come to the affirmative defense and give voice to Representative Talib. This is why they celebrate AAH, AOC. This is why they tolerate, in fact, promote Farrakhan and Keith Ellison. And the list is a long one. And of course, this is why the American media give voice to and promote the Council for American Islamic Relations, CARE, a Hamas front group, an unindicted co-conspirator. And the Democrat Party embraces them too. We're up against this entity, this Democrat Party. It's not all bad, but it's mostly bad. Its history isn't all bad, but it's mostly bad. How can a party that was the party of slavery survive the Civil War? How can a party that was the party of rampant segregation post-Civil War survive it? And now a party that is more and more the face of race-baiting and anti-Semitism. A party that undermines actively our constitutional system. A party that seeks to disenfranchise 63 million people or so who voted for this president. It is the Democrat Party that is the danger to this country and is their mouthpiece in the media. No, I don't call for government to intervene I'm not a leftist, but there is cause for enormous alarm in this country. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty, with more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, 
mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Enemy of the people, let me ask you folks a question. When the media lie on behalf of the Obama administration to promote an Iran deal that threatens your children with potential nuclear annihilation, are they the enemy of the people? When the media lie about what's going on on our southern border, which is an abject disaster, a human disaster, are they the enemy of the people? When the media cover up the position of the left and Planned Parenthood for infanticide, are they the enemy of the people? When the media participate in a two-year scam, to try and remove a duly elected president of the United States and disenfranchise tens of millions of us. Are they the enemy of the people? When the media promote climate change, man-made climate change, as a tool of the hard left to destroy capitalism and your liberty and your prosperity, are they the enemy of the people? When the media interfere with our election, giving voice to felonious leaking out of the federal government and the Obama administration in order to support one candidate against another. Are they the enemy of the people? When the media destroy freedom of the press, which belongs to you and me, like the rest of the Constitution, are they the enemy of the people? Well, what are they? Supporters of the people, the friends of the people, the protectors of the people, what are they? Unfreedom of the press, that's exactly what they are. Unfreedom, by the way, Mr. Producer, as an aside, where are we on Amazon? I think we're number 39. 39? Incidentally, the book is released in 14 days, two weeks. Two weeks. There's going to be a special interview, one-hour interview of me with uh, Sean Hannity, and uh, on TV, we're going to have an absolute wonderful presentation of what I've tried to set forth. Prepared to engage in the debate, and I'm going to need Levinites like never before. I'm going to need millions and millions of you to be up to speed. And I think you're going to absolutely find this battle invigorating rather than whining and complaining like we often do. It's time to engage. And ideas are crucial. Ideas are crucial. Ideas in the end rule. Bad ideas can rule too. Listen to Bernie Sanders. That we have to make the case for freedom of the press. We must take that nomenclature back. Because the press today is not free. Oh, it's free to do what it does. But it's not about freedom. That's the point. 
I hope you'll join me. What we need is a press reformation. We've had various religions go through reformation. We had various governments go through reformation. We need a media reformation. Are you with me? Because they try and drag us and push us into this progressive agenda. Now, they're free to do that. But we must begin the process of this free press revolution. And I want you to join me. The only way you can join me is to read what I've written and to participate in these discussions. You can go to Unfreedom of the Press on Amazon.com. You know where it is. The time is now. The time is now. Let's see if we can shut down Amazon. Go on to Amazon. Type in Unfreedom of the Press. Order your book. You'll have it in two weeks. And you're ready to join our Reformation movement. Reformation of the Press. God bless all of you. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Thank you for all the emails. They're pouring in here about my first hour. I appreciate it. Pete Buttigieg. Never heard of this guy prior to about two months ago. Did anybody? Oh, Pete Buttigieg. He'd be a great president. Who is he? I don't know. And he was in South Carolina yesterday. And he said something that is becoming pretty much a talking point among Democrats who want to be your president under our Constitution in our country. Count one, go. So many of the solutions, I believe, are going to come from our communities, communities like the one where I grew up, uh, which is an industrial Midwestern city that is exactly the kind of place that our current president targeted with a message saying that we could find greatness by just stopping the clock and turning it back. Wow, that's what the president said. I remember reading that on his hat. Make America great again by stopping the clock and turning it back. And yet it's the Democrats who reject the Enlightenment. It's the Democrats who reject Western Reformation. It's the Democrats who believe in centralized, autocratic, iron-fisted government. So who's turning the clock back? Go ahead. Making America great again. When that past that he is promising to return us to was never as great as advertised, especially for marginalized Americans... And there's no going back anyway. All right, I I need to address this. But before I do, Donna Brazil uh, regurgitates the same thing because this is is a progressive mantra. It's been going on for 100 years, actually. The founders weren't that great. The Declaration's not that great. The Constitution's not that great. Let us remake society because we're great. Let us make society. Forget about your history. 
And, of course, our great concern here is the further we get away from our founding, the more this kind of stuff is repeated and goes unchallenged, except here. Donna Brazil on Fox today. Cut to go. Did you hear what Mayor Pete said? America no. was never as great as advertised. Never as oh. great as ever. What, what do you think about that? Well, perhaps he's starting with the beginnings, the founders, and the key questions that they did not put on the table. I don't think I, I, it's I got a, a slogan for you. What I, is it? How about America was never perfect, but we're still working on it? Hell yeah. I like that. that you like that? Are you, so are why, you does it, why doesn't he go there as opposed to the place he went? Uh, look, I mean, <clears throat> this guy is a public servant. He has served his country in the military. I respect him. Now, it's I amazing. Think- the only people they respect in the military are leftists who run for office. I'm, I'm quite serious about this. Because how do they show their respect for the military? By turning it into a social experiment, by slashing their budgets, by forcing people into the VA. They have no respect for the military. Is this a joke? At least not our military. Go ahead. He's one of the leaders of the future. I mean, in terms of the Democratic Party, he has he has strength. He has stamina, stamina. But I don't know if stamina, I said- stamina. But she says, I don't know if I would have said the same thing. Good for her. She's right about that. Now, this man was in the military. Buddha judge. This man was in the military when the past that he is promising to return us to, was never as great as advertised. Let me tell you something. The fact that he and people of the left do not appreciate the founding of this country, don't even comprehend the founding of this country, is really an abomination. This man wants to be president of the United States. I've said it many times, and the backbenchers have regurgitated it. We are an imperfect country, but we are a great country. We are the greatest country ever. Ever. We adopted principles and put them in place and instituted them that have never been adopted and put in place in mankind's history. Our founders embraced the Enlightenment. Our founders embraced the worth of the individual. But you see, they inherited a system long before they were born. A system that was evil, a system that was unjust, slavery. It's an amazing thing about men, how they treat other men, and by that I mean mankind. Slavery has gone on since the beginning of mankind, and it still exists today. In China, in Africa, in the Middle East, in other parts of the world. Slavery is a human abomination. It just is, and it always has been. And virtually every group, every ethnic group, every person of every color, every heritage, there's been a history of enslavement and genocide. The Jews were slaves thousands of years ago. Who do you think built the pyramids? There are black Christian slaves today in the Sudan. Controlled by black Muslims. 
And if they're not slaves, they're slaughtered. Other parts of Africa and the Congo, same thing. What makes the United States so different is that none of those other countries have a founding document that celebrates the individual, the unalienable rights of the individual. And no better spokesman in this regard than the great Abraham Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln did more for African Americans who were enslaved and brought to this country than any human being before or since. And he would tell Pete Buddha Judge that he's a disgrace. Because Lincoln gave enough speeches, we know exactly what he thought. Gave a particularly great one in 1858 when he was running for the Senate. And what did Lincoln say? I quote him in several of my books. To summarize, he says these were great men who gave us this country. These were great men who wrote and adopted the Declaration of Independence. The language in the Declaration of Independence. Unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Knows no race. Knows no ancestry. It's between God and the individual human being. The Declaration of Independence talks about natural rights and natural law. Well, what is that? Is that being taught in our schools today? No, it's not. The laws of nature and nature's God. No government can create them. No government can interfere with them. Because it's nature that you have unalienable rights. It's the law of nature. It's God's law. If you reject the idea of a God or faith, and it's kind of difficult to embrace the idea of natural law and unalienable rights, isn't it? If you embrace the idea of a centralized government, it becomes almost impossible. You can't create heaven on earth. You defend liberty and the right to life on earth. That's what God gave us. Slavery is a... It is a terrible, terrible mark on our history. But we tried to correct it, didn't we? The children and grandchildren of the founding era fought a civil war. Like no war this country's ever seen, with more casualties than any war we've ever fought, even World War II. You look at what happened on 9 11, it was horrific. 3,000 Americans died. I want you to look at every major battle during the Civil War. 35,000 casualties. 25,000 casualties. 
And we're not talking about modern military armaments. We're talking about cannons, musket fire, pistols, bayonets, swords, knives. The death was unbelievable. These battlefields that some of us have visited, but most have not, are incredible. My wife Julie and I, apropos to this, she's a runner, she was running a marathon on Sunday. Uh, We went by the Lincoln Memorial. And we walked up the series of steps. And we just stared at the memorial. And on the left, chiseled into the marble, is the Gettysburg Address. And on the right, chiseled into the marble, is President Lincoln's second inaugural address. Five weeks later, he'd be assassinated. The men who fought and died during the revolution to create this country. The men who fought the Civil War to keep this country together. And yes, to end slavery. They're given no respect. None whatsoever. And we can go back and look at the history of all peoples on all continents who enslaved whom. But here's what Lincoln said, and I summarize. Those men who went to war to create this country, those men who wrote and issued that declaration, those men who talked about unalienable rights and natural law, God-given rights to every individual, Those men left it to their children and grandchildren to set things straight. Because at the time of the founding, the time of the revolution, they were unable to fix the matter. And they tried, several of them. Several of them tried, including at the Constitutional Convention. And the delegates from the state of Georgia and the delegates from the state of South Carolina threatened to walk out. And they had to make a decision right there and then that summer in Philadelphia. Were they going to have a country or not? And they made the right decision. Because if there had not been a country, there would never have been a civil war. If there hadn't been a civil war, it wouldn't have ended slavery. I know what I'm saying is debated in some circles. But not to me. Not to me. We are the beneficiaries, all of us, of our history. Black, white, brown, yellow, red. We are all the beneficiaries of the history of this country. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's about time we appreciate our founding. It's about time we appreciate the patriotism of our fellow men and women in this country. And why is it that the progressives insist, insist on defaming our history, on defaming our founders? They do the same today to anyone who's in their way. I'll tell you why. Because if you read 
rediscovering Americanism, you would know that the early progressive intellectuals rejected the Declaration and rejected the Constitution. They rejected all of it. They embraced Hegel and Marx and Rousseau and alien ideology that requires an all-powerful centralized police state, a ubiquitous government, tentacles everywhere, and yet the Constitution says no. No to that kind of government. The Constitution protects us from a centralized autocracy as it protects us from the mob, from a pure democracy. And the progressive uses the propaganda of the mob and the pure democracy to impose centralized autocracy. That's why they must attack the founders. That's why they must attack the Declaration. And that's why they must attack and do attack the Constitution. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I'm not ignoring this uh, shooting in uh, Douglas County, Colorado. I'm trying to make sure I have all the facts. And the facts are coming in relatively slowly, but let me tell you what I know. In the various news sources. And the last one I see, uh, most timely one, is Fox. Colorado school shooting leaves at least seven injured, two in custody, Sheriff Office says. Uh, the shooting... Uh, let's see, Douglas County Undersheriff Holly Nicholson Cluth initially said it was possible that a third suspect remained in STEM School Highlands Ranch. Later said she doesn't believe there are any other shooters. They have two, two in custody. Tackle, tactical teams are searching room by room, she said, and I suspect that's done. School students remained inside and authorities were working to evacuate the elementary school. Authorities responded at 1.53 p.m. local time to a call of shots fired in school, the sheriff's office tweeted. The later added that seven, possibly eight students have been injured. Those who were hurt were taken to local hospitals. Let's see. Multiple units from the South Metro Fire Rescue reported to the scene to help, the agency said. And um, that's all I know. Now, I heard a report that said several were critically wounded. I don't know. Who was wounded, how old they were, I know very little. Uh, but I'm watching the various news reports. You know, let's see here if we have anything uh, new. I'm looking at NBC now. Now it's eight people. Eight people were injured, and two suspected student shooters are in custody. The individuals walked into the STEM school. And got deep inside the school and engaged students in two separate locations. So the people who were injured are in critical condition. Shooting occurred in the middle school. Officers heard shots as they were entering the school. The only thing that we know of right now from one interview is that we have a handgun. Other than that, I cannot tell you another weapon, uh, said the uh, sheriff's office in Douglas County. That's all we know. I don't know anything else. As soon as I know more, you'll know more too. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit. 
But most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. Call us now at 877-381-3811. And the liberal contact number is 877-381-3811. This Mother's Day, why not give the moms in your life the gift of better sleep? A recent study shows Americans are sleeping less than ever, which negatively impacts our day-to-day life. But mom can get the best sleep of her life on a brand new set of bowl and branch sheets. The softest, most comfortable, 100% pure organic cotton sheets in the world. Hundreds of thousands of Americans sleep better thanks to Bolin Branch, including me, and it's the only sheets loved by three U.S. presidents. All of their products, from the signature soft sheets to the cozy throw blankets to their plush towels, are made with naturally derived products at the highest level of craftsmanship with attention to detail and quality through every step of the process. And every purchase, every purchase comes with a 30-day risk-free trial. You're not going to get that with sheets or throw blankets or plush towels anywhere. Whether you're giving them as a gift, like on Mother's Day, or trying them for yourself. Now is the perfect time to get Bowl and Branch for a limited time. You can save $50 off your first set of sheets. That's B-O-L-L, BowlandBranch.com, promo code MARK. For $50 off the first set of sheets. That's com promo code MARK, for $50 off your first set of sheets. One more time, you should order this right away for your Mother's Day gift. com promo code MARK. Bob, Savannah, Georgia, on the great WTKS. Go. Hey, Mark. You yes, know, sir. I appreciate your... I appreciate your comments about the Constitution. You know, those people that call it a dying or, or uh, a dying document or it doesn't apply anymore. I think the founders had such a prescient wisdom that one thing is constant throughout time, and that's the sinful nature of human, the sinful aspects of human nature. And they saw that and they understood that that would never change. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that regard, my question is. The Democrats are so overreaching on all their uh, committee requests for Trump's uh, tax returns, uh, the subpoena requests from the banks, the people he's done business with, his family. Um, My question is, what protection does he have under the Fourth Amendment uh, as it pertains to unreasonable search and seizure? It just seems to me like so much of this is so over the top 
and yet I wonder what protections he would have. Well, he wouldn't get a protection under an unreasonable search and seizure argument. Unreasonable search and seizure, that is, without a warrant, without probable cause, and so forth. It's a different category. It would be a separation of powers argument, because all they're trying to do is bring down the President of the United States. That's not the oversight function of the legislative branch. He doesn't report to the House of Representatives, and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to change the function and uh, and uh, of the presidency, and they're trying to change the dynamics of separation of powers. As an individual, he should raise all the statutory rights that he has to protect his information from being used for political purposes, and that's the only purpose they have. So it wouldn't be a due process issue um, uh, or a search and seizure issue. It would be a separation of powers issue, and it would be a statutory issue. Okay. Yeah, because this, this was clearly an overreach, and I just reading the language, I wasn't sure if or how that might apply. So thank you for clarifying. And when you read Article 1, you'll be scratching your head to figure out how these subpoenas have anything to do with the activities of the, uh, of the legislative branch. Well, I mean, if, if we thought that the Mueller uh, investigation was a witch hunt, this is even more so. I mean, they, I can't see any basis whatsoever Mm-hmm. Uh, for the subpoenas and, and other requests that the Democrats have made, particularly Nadler. All right, my friend. Appreciate your call. Christopher Ray is the FBI director. And honestly, this guy, at least in his public comments, is really quite useless. And here he is at a Senate hearing on Trump's 2020 budget request today. Cut three, go. When FBI agents conduct investigations against alleged mobsters, suspected terrorists, other criminals, do you believe that they're engaging in spying when they're following FBI investigative policies now, and procedures? Now, you see, she, she's trying to set up the narrative. Uh, we're talking about the FBI investigating a presidential candidate, not the mob, not suspected terrorists, not other criminals, a presidential candidate. Robert Ray, go ahead. Well, that's not the term I would use. Thank you. So, so I, would, I would say that's a no to that question. <laughs> well, I mean, look, there are lots of people who have different colloquial phrases. I believe that the FBI is engaged. Well, let's start. Spying is not a colloquial phrase. It's not a colloquial phrase. Colloquial phrase would be maybe in the South, somebody saying, you all. It's not a colloquial phrase. It's a phrase that has actual meaning. Go ahead. Investigative activity and part of investigative activity includes surveillance activity of different shapes and sizes. Okay, so when you surveil somebody, you're spying on them. Why can't you just say that? Why the, the, These bureaucrats, these rhinos, these I don't know where they even come from. They have to play this game, you see, because they don't want to be criticized. Go ahead. To me, the key question is making sure that it's done by the book, consistent with our lawful authority. Well, apparently that's not your key question, because you've been FBI director now for a while, and you haven't done a damn thing about what the senior level of the FBI before you had done. You haven't done a damn thing about it. Go ahead. Key Thank question. You. Different people use different colloquial phrases. Yeah, okay. Brilliant. She's not done. Cut four, go. 
And at this time, do you have any evidence that any illegal surveillance into the campaigns or individuals associated with the campaigns by the FBI occurred? Uh, I don't think I personally have any evidence of that sort. I don't personally have any evidence of that sort. Tell me, have you looked into it? No. Why didn't she ask the next question? This Shaheen used to be the Attorney General of New Hampshire, I believe, before she was governor. Robert Ray, he was an attorney before he was FBI director. I don't think I personally have any evidence of that sort. Well, let me ask you something, Mr. Ray. Have you actually investigated it? No. Have you investigated what Mr. Halper did? No. Or how about the the new revelation in the New York Times? Can you tell us about that? No, not really. This is a joke. This is a joke. So what's really going on here? What's really going on here? Well, Nancy Pelosi, and they, they keep blurting this out, really. Al Green, the non-singer, but Al Green, the congressman, left-wing Democrat, kook, he said the other day, we can't let Trump have another term, and if we don't impeach him, he'll get another term. Here's Pelosi at the Cornell Institute of Politics and Global Affairs. Cut five, go. Anyway, to, uh, we have to make sure, this will sound political, but we have to make sure that the Constitution wins the next presidential election. Now, this is quite hilarious, since her progressive ideology is very much about eviscerating the Constitution. But go ahead. We can't be worrying about... And by the way, and by the way, I thought the Constitution, our founders, in this case our framers, was written, adopted, ratified by slaveholders. So why do they wave around the Constitution? Shouldn't they be burning it? Go ahead. Is this going to take or that? It'll take as long as it does. And we will press the case so that in the court of public opinion, people will know what is, um, is right. So she's admitting right there that we're going to use whatever we can to make sure this president doesn't get reelected. She makes no bones about it. We already know this. But this is called a confession. Go ahead. But we cannot accept a, a second term for Donald Trump if we are going to be faithful to our democracy and to the Constitution. So we cannot accept the re-election of Donald Trump. Otherwise, we're not faithful to our democracy and the Constitution of the United States. Have you ever heard that said about any other candidate? And what exactly is it that Donald Trump is doing to harm the Constitution? Nothing. In fact, he's appointing judges who have as their purpose to uphold the Constitution faithfully, unlike the left. So what exactly, what exactly is in danger with respect to the Constitution if Trump is reelected? Or to our democracy? The interesting thing here is she talks about democracy. When the truth is, the democratic part of our government, the vote, is what they reject. They reject the 2016 election. And they want to disenfranchise all of us. 
So they're not standing up for democracy in the Constitution. They're standing on democracy and on the Constitution. Go ahead. States. And that is, is just All right, that's enough. Those are the clapping seals. Now, finally, so I'll bring this waterboarding moment to an end. She makes this statement. Cut six. Go. What what Trump, I use his name, because she has absolute disrespect for him, the office of the presidency, and the people who voted for him. Start at the top, please. Go. Trump, I use his name, Trump is goading us to impeach him. That's what he's doing. Every single day, he's just like taunting, 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 because he knows that it would be very divisive in the country, but he doesn't really care just wants to solidify his base. Now, let me tell you two things she's doing here. If, in fact, they try to impeach the president of the United States, they'll say, hey, look, he asked us to do it. On the other hand, if she decides that, no, we don't want to press that case, then she can tell the the rabble among her uh, caucus that, You know, it it only helps Trump politically. So she is about her, and she is wanting to be flexible about what she decides to do. But whether it's impeachment or to try and uh, handicap him for the re-election, in that respect, it doesn't really matter. They are spending an enormous amount of our tax resources, government employees, in these committees, um, wasting a lot of time and money in these various departments and agencies with their incredibly outrageous requests to try and sabotage this presidential administration and to get as much dirt as they believe they can get on Trump to defeat him one way or another. Basically, the House of Representatives has become a campaign committee for Joe Biden. Let me repeat that. Basically, the House of Representatives has become a campaign committee for Joe Biden. That's exactly what's going on. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, folks, you know what's annoying, folks? these uh, crooks who break into homes but what's really annoying is to some extent this can be prevented you know now your first line of defense is to secure your home to secure your home your family's in your home your valuables are in your home your home itself is valuable right you spend a lot of money on your home so protect your family and your valuables and your home And get the best security system you can. The best cutting-edge security system. Without all the legal wrangling, without all the drilling and so forth. And that's simply safe home security. It's fantastic protection for your home. That keeps working if the power goes out, if the Wi-Fi goes down, or even if a burglar smashes your keypad. They have some of the fastest response times in the industry. Ready to send help 24-7 if there's an emergency. 
So maybe it's no big surprise that Simply Safe is the top choice security system for CNET, PC Mag, and more than 3 million Americans, too. And I might add the Levin family. Go to simplysafemark.com to learn more about Simply Safe. Order today to get free shipping on your system as well as a 60 day money back guarantee. That's simplysafemark.com. Simplysafemark.com. How much time do I have, Mr. Producer? Uh, I could hear that music forever, you know, but we better not. My affiliates will get angry, and rightly so. Jim Acosta over at CNN. You know, Jim Acosta has a book coming out on June 11th. And the kind of sick irony in my family is that would have been my father's birthday. It is his birthday. And his book is titled The Enemy of the People, A Dangerous Time to Tell the Truth in America. So my book and his book are like opposites. And according to his publisher's press release, it provides, quote, never before revealed stories of his White House's rejection of truth, this White House, while laying out the stakes for how Trump's hostility toward facts poses an unprecedented threat to our democracy. I'm quoting. In further hype for Acosta's book, the press release exclaimed, quote, President and his team, not to mention some of his supporters, have attempted to silence the press in ways we've never seen before. As just about everybody has seen, I witnessed this firsthand. As difficult as that challenge may be for the free press in America, we must continue to do our jobs and report the news. The truth is worth the fight. Now let me read from my book, because I quote this in my book. Acosta is illustrative of a media mentality filled with self-promotion and near hysterical claims and spin, intended to draw attention to oneself, to highlight a particular event or agenda, and to make news. Even the press release is laced with propaganda and preposterous allegations, including Acosta's self-aggrandizing assertion that there have been unprecedented attempts by the Trump administration to silence the press. Well, that's a flat-out lie. There have been presidents who actually tried to silence the press. Trump is not one of them. Trump is not one of them. So we'll have dueling books, you see, ladies and gentlemen, on freedom of the press, and then Acosta's pablum. Acosta's pablum. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. 
You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. When you file your federal income taxes, ladies and gentlemen, there is a promise out there, right? That your information will remain confidential, that it won't be shared with anyone, let alone the public. And if you're a public figure and you file your private tax returns and you choose not to release them, then you assume your tax returns will also be kept confidential well the New York Times has tweeted the following exclusive the New York Times has obtained a decade of Donald Trump's tax figures so somebody leaked Donald Trump's tax information to the New York Times they show over 1 billion dollars in business losses from 1985 to 1994 they tweeted we did not obtain Donald Trump's actual tax returns but we obtained printouts from his official IRS tax transcripts with the figures from his federal tax form, the 1040, from someone who had legal access to them. The IRS tax transcripts. So copies of the president's tax returns or certain vital information were made and given to the New York Times. And the New York Times is very proud of this. They don't have Nancy Pelosi's tax returns. Why is that? Why is it? Why is it that only Donald Trump is targeted here? This is the problem with the progressive police state, ladies and gentlemen. They have all kinds of information on you. They have all kinds of health records on you. Academic records. If you're a government employee, they have everything. Security checks, background checks. And now they can be leaked to the New York Times. The New York Times doesn't have any problem with that. Even the President of the United States isn't immune. He's the target. And everybody's excited. All the websites have it. Oh, look at this. Look what the New York Times broke, so forth and so on. The New York Times didn't break anything, folks. Someone or some group of people illegally leaked them information about the president's tax returns. The New York Times didn't break anything. It was handed to them. It's not journalism. In the first paragraph of their story that broke minutes ago, since the 2016 presidential campaign, journalists at the New York Times and elsewhere been trying to piece together Donald J. Trump's complex and concealed finances. Now the Times has obtained 10 years of previously unrevealed figures from the president's federal income tax returns. The tax numbers for the years 1985 through 1994, think about this, this goes more than 30 years ago, starts more than 30 years ago. 
paint a far bleaker picture of Mr. Trump's deal-making abilities and financial condition than one has long than than one he has long put forth. Now let's just stop there. I'm not going to sit here and argue the niceties of this, even though this goes way, way back. And Trump has never denied they had some uh, very difficult times in his company. We all know that when the real estate market hit the skids. And yet, and yet he didn't give up. Look what he did. So now the New York Times is going to go through the president's tax return information that was leaked to the New York Times. These aren't journalistic uh, successes. They're leaked by a partisan to a partisan news outlet. And this is why I call this unfreedom of the press. This isn't journalism. Somebody stole the president's information and delivered that stolen information to the New York Times. And the New York Times is using that stolen information. And for that, they'll be given some kind of a journalistic award one day. This isn't a national security issue. This isn't a corruption issue. This isn't a criminal justice issue. They just want to have the president's tax information so they can try to embarrass him or just see if there's anything in there that they can use against him politically. That's all it is. This is a humiliation to me for the New York Times and our unfree press. It's really quite remarkable and should be unsurprising, really, that the New York Times and the Democrats seek the same information for the same purpose. Not to edify the American people. We elected him president. We don't care about his tax returns. We don't give a damn. I mean, it's Hillary Clinton that sold out the country when it came to, uh, to the nukes and other aspects. Second paragraph. I'm not going through the tax information because I don't care. Mr. Trump became an unprecedented president. Businessman, a reality television star with no government experience. And he broke with decades-old presidential tradition by refusing to release his income tax returns. Right, and the people made a decision regardless. But the New York Times doesn't like that. The Democrats don't like that. He's the most successful businessman to ever be president of the United States. And he wants to keep his business activity confidential. The Democrats are not interested in learning from it, and the media aren't interested. They're interested in trying to use our complicated tax codes to attack the President of the United States. That's all. I don't know. They demand the tax returns of John Kennedy and the Kennedy family? Ten years worth? No. They were busy getting FBI files from him. Questions about what secrets they may hold about his recent business dealings and the sources of his financing only intensified. Now, here's where the phony justification comes in with the Russia inquiry. But the Russia inquiry was a fraud, a scam. And the Trump administration is now locked in a battle with House Democrats demanding the last six years of the president's returns. On Monday, the Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said he would not give a House committee access to the returns. 
The newly revealed tax information covers an earlier period of Mr. Trump's business career, and the Times did not obtain Mr. Trump's actual tax returns, but it obtained printouts from his official Internal Revenue Service tax transcripts with the figures from his federal tax form, the 1040, from someone who had legal access to them. And they represent, they write, the fullest and most detailed look to date at the president's taxes. Are you more interested in what this information is that was leaked, or are you more information in finding out who the hell did this? Because the New York Times is going to protect its so-called source. And yet, that's where all the news is, isn't it? That's where the focus should be. Who is it that leaked this information? Who is it that's trying to bring down this president? Who is it that's trying to feed this narrative? Who is it? That's the news. Not the information that was leaked. And the New York Times aids and abets. The New York Times is complicit. Make no mistake about it. Somebody committed a felony. You don't have to leak the actual tax returns. You can leak information from the returns or even more here. Copies of the IRS tax transcripts. I can only imagine what that is. With the figures from his federal tax form. The 1040 from someone who had legal access to them. So somebody who had legal access to them committed a crime. Now imagine being the president of the United States, sitting there, you're in charge of this executive branch, and these things just keep coming at you. Now we, the American people, ladies and gentlemen, we're not just observers to what's taking place here. There is a concerted effort coming from every corner of government, every corner of the progressive institutions and, and, and uh, organizations to destroy this presidency. That is anti-American. It's anti-constitution. But more than that, it is a totalitarian mindset. That's the mindset at the New York Times. The news here is not whatever information the Times has published, and I'm not going through it with you, because then I become the voice of this felonious act. The news here is the fact that someone or some people did this and are working with the New York Times, are working with the media, no doubt working with the Democrat Party. These are police state tactics. The government collects information from you, information that is proprietary, information that's confidential, information about your finances, your assets, your taxes, information about your health. And now it's open season. As long as you leak it to a news outlet, then then it's supposedly okay. You steal this information, private information that the government compels out of you. You steal it and give it to a media outlet. And the media outlet runs with it because they think they're going to get awards for journalism, for breaking news, for investigative activities, when all they did is sit there and regurgitate it as part of this cabal that has nothing except the president's demise in its sights. There's your free press. The New York Times. I have an entire chapter on the New York Times. 
The New York Times betrays millions. I was even warned by my publisher. You know, we put that chapter in there. Go ahead. We're not against it. But you understand what they're going to try and do to you on the New York Times bestseller list. I said, I'm not worried about it. I've got an army of Levinites out there. They understand what the hell's going on here. And we want to rub their nose in it. And we're going to drive this book to number one. Not just because of the competition, but because of the substance. The president's tax returns are not an issue, except for the fact that the Democrats and the media want it to be an issue. They want us to chase another, another empty trail, like collusion. Now the tax returns, and then obstruction. Absolutely appalling. It's time for a true reformation when it comes to the press in this country. It really is. They're not serving the best interests of the nation. They're not serving the best interests of the people. They're serving their own interests. Their own myopic, progressive, Democrat Party interests. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. press this point until it becomes ubiquitous among the backbenchers. Just as two years ago, I pressed the point that, in fact, the president's campaign was spied on. And um, everybody basically blew it off, including most people in this business. As I've told you before, I can count on one hand the people who supported my position and defended me. The biggest being Sean Hannity and some very good, loyal local hosts. But for the most part, the rest, they just let you hang there. But I can defend myself. It's okay. Including people over the years who I've defended. It's okay. You figure these things out. Sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes a while. And now we have this. Isn't it funny that these leakers always go to the same place, the Washington Post and the New York Times? Isn't it funny that the Washington Post and the New York Times have absolutely no interest in the tax returns of Nancy Pelosi or any Democrat? Oh, she's not president. Well, she's in line to be president. She's the speaker. She's got enormous power. If the concern is you want to know if the president's double. Uh, excuse me, double dealing, then we would like to know if the speaker's double dealing. It is true that Donald Trump is becoming the most investigated president in American history. And for what the hell? I mean, what did he do other than get elected? Just look how sick this is. The Democrat Party, which has always been in bed with the Soviets and the Russians, Castro, Ortega, Chavez, you name it. The worst of the worst. Always been in bed with them. Somehow they managed to turn the narrative that the Republican nominee was in bed with the Russians. I mean, you believe this crap? Now, do you think the FBI on its own will put two spies in the Trump campaign and the Democrats wouldn't even know about it? And I'm sick and tired 
sick and tired of this current FBI director, these clowns on Capitol Hill and the Democrat Party, these clowns in the media pretending the word spy doesn't apply. Now we're not allowed to use the word spy, ladies and gentlemen. Well, they're spies. No, they're not. They were conducting espionage. How stupid do they think we are? Do they think we're as stupid as the Democrat base? Do they think we're as stupid as their spouses? It's incredible. They put spies in the campaign. And now we debate the word spy. And they're not offended in the least. Even when the New York Times wrote that story about the second spy that was installed in the Trump campaign. They defended it. And now, of course, today, literally a few minutes ago, the New York Times has a news story. Hey, oh, look at this. Breaking news. Headline news. We got all kinds of bells and whistles going off. Fireworks. They have tax return information, including copies of IRS data sheets or something. From 1984 to 1994, something like that, right, Mr. Producer? Not even the last 10 years. They go back over 30 years. Somebody dug into the IRS files, into their computer database, pulled out the information, probably through a few straw men, and turned it over to what? The New York Times. Wow, what a bunch of newsroom journalism. Wow, they're unbelievable over there. They dug out this. No, they didn't. It's like stealing jewelry or stealing a car and turning it over to somebody. And that somebody here happens to be the New York Times. Excuse me, we're the press. It's not like they're saving the republic or protecting us from some foreign enemy or anything of the kind. No. Trump says, no, I'm not giving you my personal financial information. Oh, yes, you are. By hook or crook. We're subpoenaing it. We're demanding it. We're leaking it. We'll do whatever the hell we want with you, Trump. And by the way, your attorney general, he's not allowed to stand in support of, of the law against releasing 60 secret grand jury information. My God, don't you know who I am? I'm Jerry Nadler, and I demand that information. So who's above the law, ladies and gentlemen? Jerry Nadler. The New York Times. They're breaking the law left and right. They're undermining our Constitution. This is not about a free press. It's about tyranny. I'll be right back. Making conservatism great again. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. Mother's Day is almost here. Absolutely nothing most of us wouldn't do to make sure special moms in your life and our life are happy. Sherry's Berries has special Mother's Day berries designed just for your mom that are topped with chocolate chips, pink shimmer sugar, and swizzles. You choose your delivery date to ensure mom gets your gift of Sherry's Berries exactly when you want her to, and your satisfaction is always guaranteed. 
And I used to always send this to my mom. I think my dad ate most of it, but we always sent this to my mother. Don't wait until the last minute on this one. Visit berries.com today. Enter code LEVIN, upper right corner of the page. You'll see a microphone. Berries.com, code LEVIN. Go there today, right now, to order freshly dipped strawberries starting at $19.99 for the moms in your life. And to make mom really happy, you can double the berries for just $10 more. Mother's Day is Sunday, May 12th. That's a few days away. So you need to act quickly. Go to berries.com, that's B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on that microphone in the upper right corner, and please enter my code, LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. Do other hosts say please to you? I say please, because I respect you. That's berries.com, click the microphone, and please enter code, LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. So... The president's tax returns were leaked. Maybe not the actual tax returns, but information from tax returns and copies of data kept at the IRS. Going back to 1984 to about 1995. Is that what we as American citizens want? This is what I mean about unfreedom of the press. You actually have the government... I'm not talking about an elected president, the government, the administrative state, working with the media. I'm not talking about a free press, the media. The media working to perpetuate big government, the government working with the media to perpetuate the media's support of big government. Committing a felony in order to try and embarrass, ridicule, undermine a president that they oppose, even though that president was elected fair and square under our constitutional system. Think about this. Spies put in the president's campaign from the government, leaking at the top levels of the FBI to the media. The IRS or somebody in government leaking confidential tax return information to the media, not the free press, the media. There's a difference. Working hand in glove with the iron fist of government is the propaganda wing of government. That's what the New York Times is. That's what the Washington Post is. That's what today's press is. They have nothing in common, as you'll see in the book, with those who actually established freedom of the press. Nothing. You know, we treat this freedom of the press as if it's special to the New York Times and Washington Post. No, it's not. It's special to the American people. It was freedom of speech, freedom of the press... These are rights to protect us from government. But when the media become an arm of the government, and when the media become the arm of one political party as part of the government, they're not serving the needs of the American people. They're not serving the interests of the American people. They're propagandists. The President of the United States said, look, I'm not going to release my tax returns 
told the American people. The American people voted him president of the United States. The government decided that wasn't good enough. The Democrats decided that wasn't good enough. The media have decided that's not good enough. You and I, we the people, we don't get to decide. They get to decide, you see. And again, no such pressure under the Speaker of the House for her taxes. No such pressure to the, uh, of the Speaker of the House for her bank accounts. No such pressure on her accountants and that of her big slob husband, Paul. Nothing. Why? You know why? She's a radical leftist. That's why. Trump's a successful multi-billionaire. Now, everybody who's been in business has ups and downs, right? Everybody who's been in business has ups and downs. So to take 1984, 85 to 1994 and say, see this, he actually lost this amount of money. So what? So what? He didn't do what Joe Kennedy Sr. did. He wasn't uh, running booze during Prohibition. He wasn't fixing the stock market. In other words, Trump made his money the old-fashioned way, legally. Camelot. Camelot never came under investigation. Nobody demanded the Kennedy's tax returns. Nobody in demanded a special counsel to find out if they violated a constitutional amendment against booze at the time, prohibition. Nobody demanded to look at their bank accounts or their kids' bank account. No. Oh, it's Camelot. Oh, Camelot. Okay, don't touch. Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson was a sleazeball, but he was born dirt poor. And he became a multi-multi-millionaire during his service as a senator, vice president, and president of the United States. How did that happen? Don't ask. Where's all the stories in the New York Times? New York Times has been around a long time. We all know how he did. You know, the FCC uh, would not allow a competing television or radio station against uh, Johnson's holdings in Austin. Did you know that? How about that? How did that happen? You'll learn from my book, Unfreedom of the Press, Lyndon Johnson was under investigation by the IRS when Franklin Roosevelt was president. And by the way, he was in the House of Representatives at the time, Johnson, and he was a big-time leader for FDR in the House for the New Deal. The IRS was about ready to come down on him. Guess who intervened? Franklin Roosevelt. Told the commissioner of the IRS to back off. Commissioner says, hey, we're ready to go. He says, back off. Leave him alone. Now, I've told you before. The Democrat Party uses the IRS all the time and always has. Always has. Franklin Roosevelt, as you'll see in the book. John Kennedy, LBJ, Nixon to a lesser extent. But Nixon picked up some of these bad habits from the Democrats. He didn't invent them. And, of course, he resigned. He was punished. Tax returns. This is what they use against people. Tax returns. 
I've told you before, and you'll see in the book, FDR used the tax returns of Andrew Mellon, the Secretary of Treasury under Calvin Coolidge, to try and destroy Mellon. He wanted Mellon in prison. Didn't happen because Mellon was clean. But they hounded him and hounded him and hounded him for years trying to bring criminal charges against him. Matter of fact, they did. They were thrown out. LBG sick the LBJ, excuse me, FDR sick the IRS on various media outlets. On various media outlets. That were not writing news. This is why the Acosta book is a joke. This is why it's very, very important that we engage him, engage his book, and engage everything that's going on here. Eleanor Roosevelt sick the IRS. On a publisher. John Kennedy. LBJ. For that matter Woodrow Wilson. Not the IRS. But investigators. The Democrats love using this information. Against American citizens and American businesses. And politicians with whom they disagree. As you'll see. I have a section of a chapter in unfreedom of the press. That says, okay, let's talk about abuse of power. I can't see where Trump has abused any power. But then I say, let's take a look at those who did. But these great progressives, the media just wouldn't lay a glove on them. In fact, they would take their leaks and publish them. These left-wing and progressive Democrats, they rely on the media to do their bidding. They rely on them, and that's what they do. And they're relying on the New York Times today. They're relying on the Washington Post today. They're relying on MSNBC, NBC, CBS, ABC, CNN, and so forth. They're relying on them today to do exactly what the media have done for them in the past. So the New York Times sits there as a, as a uh, recipient going to say receptacle, might as well be, as a receptacle of felonious activity in order to try and hurt this president. It has nothing to do with national security or criminality or anything else. No allegation he didn't pay his taxes. No. And of course, they don't do the same thing with Nancy Pelosi. And they won't do the same thing with any other presidential candidate. Well, we're going to release our taxes. Look in the Constitution. Look in the Constitution. What qualifications there are to run for president of the United States. Taxes, that is, revealing your taxes is not one of them. Of course, they didn't have a 16th Amendment back then. But so what? You want to change it? You amend the Constitution. So we're not talking about a free press, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about the media. There's a difference. We're talking about an unfree press that conducts itself in an extraordinarily partisan way and has for decades. I'll be right back. This may surprise you. 
You've heard almost every Democrat running for president has endorsed the Bernie Sanders plan of Medicare for All. But did you know that Medicare for All actually eliminates Medicare for everyone? That's right. And if you watch my Fox show on Sunday, just two nights ago, you would have seen us have had an extensive discussion about it. So Medicare for All is not Medicare, and it doesn't work like Medicare. So if you're on Medicare, or Obamacare for that matter, or have employer-based or union health care, and you like your plan, you're going to lose it. Because Medicare for All eliminates all of these. All of these plans. Now, opting out is not allowed either. No. The Iron Fist. The Democrats' so-called Medicare for All plan isn't based on Medicare at all. Everyone will be thrown into a one-size-fits-all, government-run socialist system where bureaucrats and politicians decide what treatments you can have. Is there anything more frightening than that? Now, this is right in line with recent proposals to force arbitrary price controls on prescription drugs. But, Mark, isn't socialist medicine less expensive? Well, first of all, you don't get the medicine. And there are long lines. And there's rationing. People die. And they get sicker and sicker if they don't. Of course, it's cheaper if your 75-year-old father is denied a pacemaker or an expensive drug for your premature granddaughter is deemed too expensive. Medicare for all sounds great unless you're very old, very young, and very sick. Get the facts. Go to TrueHealthCareFacts.com, TrueHealthCareFacts.com. That's TrueHealthCareFacts.com. Now, Joe Scarborough, Negative IQ Joe, the banjo player on the bridge in the movie Deliverance, that's him as a little kid. Did you know that? It's him as a little kid. He has smeared the Attorney General Barr. He has smeared the Secretary of State Pompeo. And now he's going after McConnell. He's going after McConnell because McConnell has been defending Trump. Let's go to cut 12. Go. According to political... By the way, that's not Joe. That's Mika. Who names their kid Mika? Go ahead. According to Politico, McConnell will ask if lawmakers will, quote, move on from partisan paralysis and breathless conspiracy theorizing. This as President Trump seeks to prevent special counsel Mueller and his former wait, White wait, wait. I just have to stop right there from breathless conspiracy. I mean, what is breathless? Why do you have this husband and wife clown team on TV? Husband and wife clown team. Wait, 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 honey. I mean, Mika. Go ahead. That Robert Mueller was mischaracterized and was mischaracterized and said, I cannot clear the president of committing a felony. I cannot. Hey, listen, you pathetic, bulbous nose goofball. It's not up to Robert Mueller to clear anybody. That's not the job of a prosecutor. Do you have to be so stupid to have a show on MSLSD? Apparently so. Go ahead. Clear the president from committing a felony. And Mike, now, these Republican and Democratic... Who, who is Mike? Is Oh, Mike Barnacle. Oh, he's a plagiarist, though. Where's the sexual harassment guy, Halpern? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had quite a little crew there. Sexual harassment, plagiarist. Of course, he had himself failure in radio, failure as a member of the House. But there you go. Go ahead. Prosecutors coming out. What? Help me again. 500. Almost 500. Almost 500. Oh, yeah. Those prosecutors. Yeah. This is sick. These people are sick. Absolutely pathetic. I dealt with these prosecutors in the first hour. Absolutely pathetic. Cut 13. Go. The Republicans don't care. So it is. History has chosen the Democratic Party at this point in time. Oh, the drama queen. History has chosen the Democratic Party. The only party in America will stand up and defend the rule of law. Are you an idiot? The answer is yes. They're going to defend the rule of law. So all the little issues like separation of powers and so on. Joe Scarborough can't go into those issues. Number one, he's too dumb. But number two, his audience is too dumb. All 14 viewers are sitting there slobbering over their Cheerios, getting their, their, their skim milk all over their dresses and pants as they prepare for the day of working for the Environmental Protection Agency. That's pretty much what we've got here. And this guy is in constant, constipated look. He is. He always looks like he's sitting on a cucumber to me. Doesn't he to you, Mr. Producer? He just always does. And Mika, with those little beady eyes. And Mika. 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 No, wait, 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 Mika. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. All law enforcement out there, thank you, including and especially on the border. Please go to Amazon.com right now. Get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. It's out in two weeks. Check out Levin TV, and I will see you tomorrow night. God bless.